Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Last week was our two-year anniversary. Right before that, we did a short series called Margin, if you were here. And we talked about the need for Sabbath or rest and the fact that you need some margin. And I, and I hope that you're doing that. And, and, and I want to make sure that we frame this because, all right, so let me, let me um, let, I, have, I have spent plenty of time picking on millennials, all right, but let me, let me get on the, on the bandwagon with the millennials for a second. And say this, you know, we have a group of older folks, us older folks that look at millennials and, and we say things like entitlement and we say things like work ethic. Uh, but somebody taught them. Somebody coached them in a certain direction, right? And so some people push back when I talked about margin because it's like, we don't need to teach the next generation margin. We need to teach them to work. And what I need you to hear is I purposefully did margin first. And now we're going to talk about work because we need to balance those two things. Does that make sense? We, we, we need to put those things into perspective of how we do that. It's called worldview. It's, it's the way that you see the world. And let me give you a definition for worldview. So here's the definition. Worldview. The framework of ideas and beliefs um, through which an individual group or culture interprets the world and interacts with it. So it's, it's the way we think, it's the ideas, it's the thoughts, it's the words that we hear and say, and it frames the way that we look at everything. And we, can, we, we cannot let Netflix, ABC, NBC, Fox, CNN, social media define our worldview. We have to define our worldview based on what God says, right? And there is a worldview in our culture that says... The whole goal of life is quality of life. And what they mean by that is, I'm going to do as little work as possible so I can do as much play as possible. Right? Everybody, it's like the great theologian's lover boy said, everybody's working for the weekend. Remember that one? Right? The, 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 the reality that, that we say, you know what? I just want to do what I can so I can get to the fun stuff. And I need you to hear something this morning that's not a biblical worldview. It's not a biblical worldview, and I'll prove it to you. I'm, I, I want to get there. But um, the Monday morning blues is a real thing. Would you not agree? Right? Right? Because we turn Monday into moan day. Oh, God, I got to go back to work. I got to go back to school. Right? My, my girl started back to school tomorrow, right? And we moan and, and we worry about Mondays and complain about Mondays. 
Uh, but Monday blues is a real deal. Did you know that heart attacks increase on Mondays? Do you know what the highest day of the week is for suicide? Monday. So it's a real thing, but what we've got to stop and say is, well, wait a minute. How did God intend for us to look at Monday? Or how did God intend us to look at the work week or, or the work that we do? It's important for us to grab that. But here's what I want you to do. I want to start off with this. It's about perspective. Um, I, so, I, so I brought you a couple of jobs that you might consider based on what you're going to have to do tomorrow morning versus this. So here's a job. It's a great job. How about this one? Anybody doing that tomorrow? No. Okay. How about this one? Welcome to a third world country, right? Electricity. Uh, How about this one? Deodorant tester. Anybody here a deodorant tester? No, no. Now I, I saved what I think is the best one for last because here's what I want you to do. When you get up tomorrow morning, I want you to remember the picture I'm about to show you and go, at least I don't have to do that. Elephant proctologist. That's amazing. Listen, listen. So it's about perspective. So right now you're already feeling a little bit better about your Monday, right? But I want to help us to kind of understand um, what it is that God has called us to do. Why is it this work thing? How are we supposed to look at the week? How are we supposed to do that? So we're going to start in Romans 12 and 1. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. The message is a paraphrase, and I want to read that same verse in the message because I like the way they say it and word it. It says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Place it before God. Today I want to build a sentence. I'm going to build, we're going to build a sentence over this teaching. That to help us remember what it is that God says about work so that maybe we can approach it just a little bit differently. Now, I've used the word work, 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 work. Students, don't close down on me because your work is school. Okay, so when I say work, I need you to equate the reality that your job right now um, is school. And I should have gotten some amens from some parents. But, but the reality, that is your work. That is, and let me say this to my villagers or retirees. That would say, well, I don't have any work right now. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because when you go to the pickleball court, God designed for you to be there in that moment. When God puts you in that bridge game or in that social gathering or whatever it is, I want everyone here to equate the reality that you have work, school to do Monday through Friday. And we're going to kind of frame that a little bit from God's perspective. So let's start at the very beginning in Genesis. Genesis 1 and 26, it says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them and God blessed them and God said to them, what does he say? Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. In other words, do something, 
right? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You and I were created in the image of God. You were created to be a reflection of who God is. Our job is to reflect God to everyone around us. Our goal is we are in this process of trying to to be more and more like Jesus. Right? The big theology term is sanctification. That we're trying to be more and more sanctified. Why are we? So that we can pat ourselves on the back? No. So that others can see God in us. Because we are his image bearers. We are to reflect him. And so it's interesting to think if we're his image bearers, what is his image? And if you go back to the very, very beginning, Genesis 1-1, there's not some big cosmic battle going on between good and evil. There's not like a Marvel movie forming. I want you to think about what it says, Genesis 1-1. and In the beginning, God... What? created in the beginning God created the heavens in other words God was working God was working like that's that's how the story starts when the creator of the universe wants to express to you and I the very beginning like I would think the very beginning the very sentence would be pretty important wouldn't you and the first thing that he chooses to say to us is I want to tell you about me working I want to tell you about me creating the heavens of the earth. And then John 5 and 17 says this. In his defense, Jesus said to them, listen, my father is always at his work to this very day. And I too am working. Created in his image and he works. And he works purposefully. Right? In Genesis, verse 4, he separated the light from the darkness. Verse 7, made the heavens. Verse 11, produced the trees. He is creative and producing things. Like, that's who our God is. And so to be image bearers, I need you to hear. You're, you're to create. You're to produce. You're to design. Like, that's, how, that's one of the ways that we are image bearers of God. Is in the work that we have to do and what he's called us to do. And so now we see in Genesis 2 and 15, now he refers to the man. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Now one of the things that this does is this actually settles what is the oldest occupation in the world. It's not that other thing, right? It's landscaping. Alright, so Mark, you're doing the oldest job in the world, right? Wyatt, you're doing the oldest job in the world, landscaping. It's not that other job, it's, it's landscaping. But, but what's important about the sentence is for us to recognize that he gave work for Adam to do. And this is before the fall. This is before sin. How many of us have a mindset that work is punishment? Right? The, 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 and that's why we get up and we look at Monday and it becomes Monday. That, that's why we get up and we look at school and we're like, oh. Or whatever it is, is because we, we, we lose an idea and an understanding. Work is not punishment. Work is work that God has given for us to do. There's something for us to accomplish on Monday. And so we're going to build this statement to help us understand today's teaching. And the first part of it is, 
We've got to redefine why we work. Let's redefine why we work this morning. Why do we work? Well, number one is, my work is from God. My work is from God. If God is sovereign, if he is providential is the big word. And and what that means is he has everything, nothing slips by him, right? You you don't go and get a new job and he comes up up on his throne. Whoa, 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 what's going on here? There's nothing like that. That, that. that God has all things into control. And if he's sovereign, listen to me, where you are today is right where he has you to be today. And for some of us, that's kind of tough, right? Because the work we have to do, maybe it's a little frustrating. <laughs> maybe that has to do with people, right? People can be a little frustrating. And the people, but I'm hoping today that God's going to talk to you a little bit about why. Why you work. Ephesians 2 and 10, catch this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. Like he had an idea when he created you, hey, I've got work for this person to do. I've got some, and listen to me, it is our sinful nature that is lazy. It is our sinful nature that says, I want to just play. I want to do nothing. I, it, it is it is for us to turn around that sinful nature and look at God and say, God, what do you want me to do today? And according to his word, there's work for us to do, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Work is not a consequence of sin. It is his design. In other words, work is not a four-letter word. I mean, it is a four-letter word, but you understand when it's not one of those four-letter words, right? It's G-O-O-D. It's good. It's it's a good thing. Now, (laughs) let me back up because some professions are not biblical. So don't don't come along and go, well, Pastor Mike told me, you know, dealing drugs, work is good work. Okay, there are some jobs that obviously are unbiblical, right? You you, you can't go down to Rachel's strip joint in Orlando. Okay, you understand what I'm saying, all right? But listen to me. But work, the work that you have to do, if it's not against God's laws and rules, it's the work that you have to do. It is from God. Whatever you're going to get up and do tomorrow morning, hear me, it's from God. God has put you in that place for a reason and for a purpose. If we're going to redefine work, not only do we have to recognize that my work is from God, but we have to, number two, recognize that our work is for God. Our work is for God. Colossians 2 and 23, catch this. Whatever you do, whatever you do, pickleball, you're a stay-home mom, so you're going to be picking up socks, right? You're a chicken slinger, a rural king. Whatever it is that you do, catch the scripture here. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord. Are you tired of working for that person? Then stop. Don't quit. Just stop working for that person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Students, you're not doing school for your parents or to appease some crazy educational system. You're doing your work as unto the Lord. So do your homework. Because, thank you, mom. Because the reality is, is it's, it's what God has given for you to do. 
Right? Work for the Lord not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Who are you working for tomorrow morning? Jesus. Mom, who are you folding clothes and picking up socks for tomorrow? Jesus. Who are you building your business for tomorrow? Jesus. Boy, that changes the whole frame of reference, does it not? In other words, when that jerk of a manager, come on, we've all had a jerk of a manager, right? When that jerk of a manager comes to you and gives you an assignment, and we normally would go, oh, hate that guy. No, 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 no. That assignment came from Jesus. Yes, sir, I will do that. Because I know it is my reflecting who God is when I put excellence in to what he has given me to do, right? Man, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs. I love that God is so smart to put that right after that, right? Because that jerk comes and says, do this, or you got that boss that's kind of demonstrative or whatever kind of thing going on and people, right? No, 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 it's Jesus. And then he says, hey, look, wrongs will be repaid. There's no favoritism. Romans 12 says, it's one of my favorite verses. I don't know if this is a little fleshly or not, but it says, leave room for the wrath of God. I remind myself of that one quite often. Can I just be honest? Right? That as we deal with people, God's going to make it right. God hasn't forgotten. He's not absent. He hasn't disappeared. He's paying attention. He's right there. He sees what's going on. And he's less concerned with fixing that moment and more concerned with you reflecting him in that moment. Right? And so he gives us the opportunity to have poo-poo. He gives us an opportunity to have trials. That's why Paul says, consider all joy when you have trials. Why? Because God's doing something. God's given me an opportunity to reflect him to this jerk. To this person who is so rude to me. To this person who's being so ugly. No, I have a job to do here. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrong as there's no favoritism. If you are a Christ follower, your work or school or whatever the scripture said you do is for Jesus. So sweep the floor for Jesus. And fold clothes for Jesus. And cut grass for Jesus. And do sales for Jesus. Right? Those things that he has given you work to do. Why? In just a minute, God's going to show us an amazing verse and how we reflect him. Listen, if you're tired and you're at home, mom, and you're folding clothes for the 400 millionth time, fold clothes for Jesus. He sees you. He sees what you're doing. He sees the, 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 the struggle that's every day and knows that you're building those babies up to be who they're called to be. We got to change our mind and our reference about Monday. And that's why margin was so important first. Listen to me. Because when we have a biblical perspective of work and a biblical perspective of margin, then what happens is, on Sunday, we've come here and we've given our morning, right? This is, this is Sabbath. We've given our morning as a sacrifice to come hear God's word. I take some of the rest of the day. To, maybe you go home and take a Sunday nap, 
go somewhere, eat a bunch, and then take a fat man nap this afternoon. Be careful on the gluttony thing. But you know what I'm saying? And then, listen, and then I get my mind straight. What do I get my mind straight for? What God actually called me for, which is tomorrow morning. Which is Monday, the, the work that, that he has, the, the places that he's going to put you. I want to see God begin to help us put mission in our mundane. It's, it's the paperwork. Come on, y'all. Anybody here the paperwork type of people? I can't stand paperwork or the details. That's why I got a Lizzie because I'm like, Lizzie, fix this. I don't know. Right? Like, like it's, it's the mundane. It's the ironing for the 400th time. It's the teacher who you're trying to teach them math for the 400th time and they're being rude back to you and giving you a hard time. It's the salesperson that is having one of those no days. Ever had a no day? Man, I did sales one time. And, and that's brutal, y'all. It's brutal here. no over and over and over again, right? But God wants to put mission in your mundane. He wants to turn work into worship. Your work can be worship. Your job can be joy. That's the idea. When we frame it right. This is critical because we have a tendency to do something. We have a tendency to separate the sacred from the secular. The sacred from the secular. What we're doing this morning, okay. It's holy, right? We're here at church. We're doing the holy thing. And then Monday comes. And we become a Monday morning atheist. Come on. We don't get up and open our Bible. We don't get up and start our day talking to God. We get up and start screaming at kids. Screaming at each other. Screaming at ourselves. We look in the mirror and go, oh, Lord, have mercy. And then we go running off to work. Having left God completely out of the picture. And that's all that secular means. Secular means without God. We can't be Monday morning atheists and Sunday morning Christians. You know why? Because we're missing power. It is the Holy Spirit present inside of us that is the, the power, y'all. I mean, that, that's, that's, where our, that's our source. Right? That's like we got this fan blowing. I praise God for that fan because I don't sweat, sweat half as much as I used to. But if that fan didn't get plugged in, that fan would be useless. And we do that, that we don't plug in. Listen to me. God does not get laryngitis on Monday morning. You can hear, if you'll put yourself in that place, you can hear God's voice just as loud on Monday morning as you can hear in a Sunday morning service. There's nothing special about Pastor Mike. I'm just here delivering the word, but you can hear it for yourself just as strong and just as powerful, maybe more, tomorrow morning and Tuesday morning and Wednesday. He's there. And so we cannot be Monday morning atheists. Why would we exclude the power of God from the places that we spend the most time? Most of us spend most of our life, most of our day, working or at school. Why, why would we exclude God out of that place? 
when he's not supposed to be. He wants. He wants to walk right alongside you. You want to see your business fulfill purpose and flourish? Give God the reins instead of you trying to run it. You, you, you want to see things start to change in your family and your household? Then, then bring God into the Monday and the Tuesday and the Wednesday. What does that mean? That means that might change the things that we do. Maybe we don't sign up for every activity on the planet because we know we need to sit down at the dinner table as a family. And so we, we, we've got to look at work differently. We've got to take... Let me see this. We need a take God to work day. Right? You ever seen one of those take kids to work day kind of thing? We need a take God to work day. So I'm just going to make a proclamation now. This week is take God to work week. This week is is take God to school week. Right? That that you would make the decision tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up and I'm going to acknowledge him. And then I'm going to do my best to through the day say... Because it's so easy in the mundane. It's so easy when we're just doing paperwork. It's so easy. And then we come to church and Pastor Mike or somebody else says to us, man, you should be evangelizing where God has placed you at work. And when we hear that, what we think is, if we're a student, we think that means like we're we're supposed to jump up on our desk in the middle of English class and start, start preaching a Billy Graham sermon. Or we're supposed to jump up on our desk in the cubicle and go, let me tell you of the power of God. Can I tell you the best way that you can evangelize? Be the reflection of him. Take on his image. You want to hear the best evangelism? Be the best at what you do. Nobody can stop you from being exceedingly excellent except you. Not that people won't try, (laughs) right? What happens to the bucket of crabs? One of the crabs tries to call out. All the other crabs pull them back in the bucket. And I think sometimes that's the story of our community. Anybody who tries to rise above, people are just going to pull them back down. No, no, that's not how we do things around here. Listen to me. Nobody's stopping you from being excellent. As a matter of fact, you're called to be excellent. You're a dental hygienist. Be the best dental hygienist in Lake County. You're a landscape, be the, you're a teacher, be the best teacher and let the haters hate. They're going to be there. They're going to be, but you know what they're going to say is, why are you doing this? And if you're a teacher at Leesburg High School, here's the greatest response ever. Because I don't work for Michael Randolph, I work for Jesus. What would it look like? If Monday, because we changed our frame of reference, became the day that we began to look forward to. God, this this is what you've created me for. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's work. (laughs) But this is what you created me to do. And so I'm going to get my butt up and not take on this moan day attitude. But say today, God, my work is from you, my work is for you, and I don't care what anyone around me says. The reality is, is today I'm supposed to be a reflection of who you are. And you will have so much more opportunity to tell people about God if you're a person of excellence. 
Excellence increases influence. Excellence increases influence. Psalm 90 and 17 says this, listen. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. What you do is not less sacred than what I do. Do you understand? What you do is just as sacred and just as holy because it's the role that God has given you to play. So what are you doing tomorrow? What's your work? What's what's school going to look like tomorrow? What's your your schedule or appointments or the things that you have? And, and, And God has given you to do that. Can I... Can I challenge you to take God to work with you tomorrow and to do it with excellence? We all get tired. We all get frustrated. We all have that type. But I'm hoping to kind of boost you up a little this morning. Because I want your Mondays to, 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 to just be amazing. You were made for Monday. You were not made for the weekend. You were made for Monday. You were made for what you do you are in that place for a reason and i know i know i know i know that's hard for some of you because you're like pastor mike you have no idea my boss to which i would say to you why don't you switch the face of your boss because your boss is jesus it's why when nobody's watching we steal from work and you go, I don't know what you're about. I've never stolen from work. Really, you've never stolen time from work? You've never been on Facebook when you're on the clock? Never trust, checked your social media when you're on the clock? Or supposed to be? Listen. And the reason we do that is because in our mind, the boss is not watching. The boss is not looking at us. But who's the boss? It's Jesus. Is he there with us? Oh, yes, he is. And so the reality that I put down and say, I'm not working for for man anymore. I'm going to honor and serve those that he has put me in that place. But my mind has to switch to where I don't serve people. I serve Jesus. I have a calling in what I'm doing this morning. You were made for Monday. It is what you are called to do. When we redefine why we work... We will change the way we work. When we redefine why we work, we'll change the way we work. Titus 2, 9 and 10 says this. Teach slaves. Now let me deal with that word real quick because that word will jack us up. Slavery is and has always been a horrific and horrible thing. Okay, so Paul's not talking about slavery the way we think of slavery. Okay, when he's saying that, he's talking about an exchange that you've made with someone that says, I'll do this. Um, for your you giving me money or protection or whatever and so it's that's relationship and some of you feel like you're enslaved at work so let's just go with it okay teach uh, teach slaves to be subject to their masters and everything to try and please them not to talk back to them not to steal from them what did we just say 
but to show that they can be fully trusted. So that, listen, why? Why would we do this? So that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. What does that say? It says you're going to make God attractive because you're honoring to your boss. You're going to make God attractive because you do excellence. You're going to make God attractive because you stand out. And there's this crazy thing that started in middle school to where we want to fit in, right? We, we, we want to fit in. I don't know if you remember middle school, but middle school is brutal. Like middle school is a horrific time period for a lot of us. And we wanted to fit in and we kind of like we want to be noticed, but not too noticed. You know what I mean? And we still carry that into today. Our insecurities and our frustrations, we look at people and we kind of go, you know, I, 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 I kind of want to be noticed, but I don't want to do too much. I don't want listen, listen, listen. You need to do too much. You need to be excellent in what you do. Why? Because God has put you in that place. That is your evangelism. Your actions and the way that you're doing your job is your evangelism. It is the work that he has given you to do. And I promise you, you will win people back when you do that. Evangelism is about the way you work. And only you can stop you from being exceptional. There is a divine assignment to your Monday morning. There is a divine assignment to your Tuesday morning. So do your best and let God take care of the rest. (laughs) Jen and I did P90X and that was the saying he always, do your best and let God do the rest. And I say that to you, do do your best. Let God work out the rest. Yes, people are going to push back because all of a sudden they feel bad about themselves. They're they're struggling with theirs. But but let's finish out our sentence. Redefining why we work will change the way we work and then we are working with and for God. Redefining why we work will change the way we work and then we are working with and for God. Let me say it a different way. You are the answer to someone's prayer. See, somewhere there is a wife who has been praying for her husband to find some godly men that would influence and be around him. And guess what? He works in your office. See, you're an answer to someone's prayer. Somewhere there's a mom who's praying for her teenager and she's crying out to God every day. And that teenager happens to be in your class because you're their teacher. Somewhere, there's a homeschool mom who's feeling lonely and struggling and all of a sudden she finds herself in a co-op with you and doing homeschool or, or you meet her in a church small group and you become an answer to, do you understand? Tomorrow morning, I, I, I want you to get up and understand and put this in the frame of reference. That you have the potential to be an answer to someone's prayer. You and I were made for Mondays. And I'm proclaiming that this is take God to work week and take God to school week. Amen? Can we do that? Can we do that? Can we, can we, can we switch the way we go into tomorrow morning? Can, can we change the mindset and the understanding of what it is that, that God has called us to do and what he wants us to do? And so let me pray for you this morning in this 
and, and I want you to consider your response. Like, how do I need to respond to this? What are some next steps? What are some things that I can do? Let's, let's pray and, and ask God to help us with that. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for uh, challenging us a little bit. And we probably have to stop and say, forgive us. Because instead of looking at our work as from you, we've, we kind of have gotten a really dark mindset of it. We've kind of gone to a, a place where we just say that's something we have to do. Instead of understanding that it's something you have called us to do. And so Holy Spirit, would you help us? Would you help our students begin to understand that they're made for tomorrow morning? And they're in that school for a reason. For our homeschoolers, that they're, they're schooling in that way for a reason and they need to do it with excellence. For our, our, our homemaker moms, for those that are walk, working in an office, in a hospital, our teachers, out doing service, landscaping, construction. All these things that you have given us to do, they're opportunities for us to have excellence in what we do. So change our hearts and change our minds, we ask God. Guide us. Give us a new passion for tomorrow morning what you've called us to do. We pray it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said...